today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The Auditor General is stepping in now at the request of NDP leader and opposition leader Andrea Horvath. Last week, uh, she sent a letter to the Auditor General asking her to look into the Hamilton LRT project costs. I'm not quite sure exactly what that's going to look like when it's all done or even what the ramifications are going to be, but still, I, I think the biggest story in, in, in Hamilton anyway, especially from a political standpoint. Ryan McGill joins us to talk about this. He, of course, is editor of Raise the Hammer. Ryan, uh, thanks for joining us. Great to have you on the show today. Absolutely, Bill. It's a pleasure. I just want to put this in perspective. We just had a discussion about this last week. I mean, this is a year that gave us sewage gate. Uh, that gave us the fiasco on the Red Hill Parkway with the the, the surface and on uh, the the new arena or not new arena with it, but this this cancellation of of the LIT project, I think without a doubt, is is the number one story because I think it's going to be the most impactful for Hamilton. Well, 2019 is certainly the gift that keeps on giving. Oh yeah, uh, and I and I and I can't think of a more 2019 way for 2019 to end. So, <laughs> uh, but you know what? Um, this is this is Hamilton uh, in Hamilton politics. Um, I believe follows CFL rules where um, it's never over, even when it seems like it's over, and the score can always change right down to the last second. So I haven't given up hope about Hamilton's LRT yet, and I don't think Hamiltonians should either. Well, and Joe Mancinelli mentioned that on the show last week, that he's doing his own investigation into the finances of this, uh, and the Auditor General we know is going to do this. Uh, Michael Cotto, one of the uh, hopefuls for the Liberal leadership here in Ontario, says he's going to get somebody to do some investigation. So uh, at the end of all of this stuff, I guess we're going to have some new numbers here, Ryan, but uh, you know, the overriding question is, is it going to do any good? You know what would be the best way to get the actual numbers of what it's going to cost to build and operate the system? How's that? Just wait three months, let the bidding process conclude, and allow the three companies that are competitively bidding to build and operate the system to present their final numbers. Because we were literally that close after 12 years of getting the actual numbers, not some number that was cooked up by an entity that we're not allowed to know about using methods that we're not allowed to observe. The the uh, the Minister Mulroney's uh, numbers are outrageously um, implausible. You know, LRT systems usually cost around $60 million a kilometre to build. Uh, according to her calculations, Hamilton's is going to cost $250 million to build. Uh, just for comparison, Ottawa's Confederation LRT, which has a two and a half kilometer subway tunnel, is only costing $160 million a kilometer to build. So these numbers are impractical, and it would be very, very easy to get the real numbers by allowing the three consortiums who are experts in this to finish doing their calculations and present their bids. Uh, you know, so we're calling on Premier Ford to step in, fix this mistake and allow the process to finish unfolding. We're so close to the end. But, Ryan, this is not unlike what this government has done. I mean, let's remember also, this is the same government that canceled the living wage program after promising to keep it uh, during the election campaign. One of the first things they did was cancel it before there was any data on it. They said it wasn't working effectively. They don't seem to want information. They simply just want to do something about the bottom line on all these programs. That seems to be the mantra. Sure, and at the same time, uh, they do seem to respond to uh, to negative feedback when you know when they make these kind of knee-jerk decisions. Uh, you know, the classic example would be their the way they meddled with the uh, autism support program. Yeah, exactly. You know, and they received this avalanche of of outrage from parents of uh, autistic children saying, "You can't do this." Well, now they've backpedaled. Uh, they've doubled the funding envelope and uh, and are planning to bring these programs back. So this is a government that moves quickly, uh, sometimes breaks things unnecessarily. But they do. Ha- they have shown an ability to change course and to reverse bad decisions that are wildly unpopular. Uh, and in light of that, Hamilton Light Rail, which is a volunteer organization that I'm part of, we are calling on Premier Ford 
to uh, step in, fix Minister Mulroney's mistake, and get this project back on track. It was the whole. It was a week ago today. Obviously, this whole thing kind of unraveled when uh, the minister announced she was going to have a, a press conference here in town, which is bizarre in and of itself. Usually, if you're going to another city to announce a press conference, it's usually good news. I mean, you don't tell them that. By the way, you're not going to get your LRT. Usually, you make that at the back at Queens Park, and then you just kind of shuffle back into your office and shut the door. Uh, but it was, and we know already, it was a rather surreal experience last week. The whole process was. But the rationale for this, and you bang on about the numbers. I mean, everybody was just wide-eyed when they saw that. Where did that come from? Uh, but the rest also suggesting, the minister suggesting that, well, there were there were sources within the city here that says that uh, that it wasn't the right thing to do. Well, there, there's no lack of, of opposition to this. We get that. But this is, this is a, a program that was promised to us by the previous government, but that promise was reiterated by Doug Ford. I mean, after Fred Eisenberger got reelected, you remember the quote, if Fred wants an LRT, Fred's going to get an LRT. So what went wrong? And even before that, um, you know, uh, uh, when, when Doug Ford was running to be premier, he said, look, Hamilton LRT is going to be great for the economy. It's going to be countless jobs and new development and investment. He seems to understand that there's an argument here. And like you said, after the election, when Mayor Fred won a commanding majority on a unabashedly pro-LRT campaign against uh, his, his number one opponent, his entire campaign was about cancelling the LRT instead. So there's, there's no argument. You know, obviously, this, this project doesn't have 100% support. No project ever does. But it is widely supported. And the sense that I'm getting from, you know, again, you, you pointed out this sort of uh, strange uh, absolutely absurd setup to last week's announcement. I wonder if maybe Mulroney thought that she was making a good news story and that it was going to be received positively. You know, if so, I would have to wonder where is she getting information from. You know, who in the in Hamilton is telling the Minister of Transportation that we all hate LRT and don't want it because obviously that was bad information and it's resulted in them making a bad decision. That's an interesting take on that, and and you may well be right that, that maybe the she anticipated she was going to be met with cheers instead of jeers uh, for doing this sort of a thing. And I, I think that's probably what shocked her and her staff uh, when they looked outside and they saw the pro-LRT people that were basically saying, hey, don't do this to us. Because, I mean, by that time, the, the speculation was rampant that uh, that they were going to pull the rug out from under this. But but you're absolutely right. There is no unanimity in, in major projects like this. The, the expressway debate, which went on for 45 years, uh, there was still support, not overwhelming support, but the consensus was is the good thing for this community. I think maybe the most telling comment, and it was something Joe Mancinelli mentioned last week in the program, Ryan, is he said what hurts most of all is that we were not consulted. They didn't sit down with the stakeholders, and, and Leuna and others are stakeholders as well as the city, and and say, look, we got a problem here. Let's let's talk about how we can resolve this. They just they just made a, a decision without much of a, a well, no consultation, but without much consultation and and very little factual evidence to support their decision. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the, the, the way this decision was made was quite poor. The decision itself, obviously, was quite poor as well. Um, I don't know what kind of information they're operating from, but based on, you know, I'm not an expert, but, you know, the people who are experts are looking at these numbers and saying, these numbers make no sense. I mean, even if you add up the operating costs over 30 years, you're looking at $65 million a year. I mean, are the drivers going to be getting paid, you know, half a million dollars a year to drive these things? Like, it's a crazy, crazy outrageous set of numbers and nobody takes them very seriously so where do we go from here uh, we are going to get these numbers and and i guess you know if that's going to be step one step two is going to be I, I guess trying to get the province to come to the table and say can we talk about this uh, because invariably 
any other work that the Auditor General has done to do with government expenses uh, is usually just sloughed off by the government. Sure, yeah, and I, I think really this is a government that responds to loud, clear uh, communication from, from people. So Hamiltonians need to make a point of saying to this province, uh, we expect you to come back to the table. You've made a mistake. We expect you to fix it. Uh, if you go to hamiltonlightrail.ca, we have a call to action there. You can fill out uh, a very simple form, just make a short personal message telling Premier Ford to come in here and fix this mistake, and it will get sent to the Premier, to local MPs and MPPs, and it will get copied to Council. So they need to hear a groundswell of support for LRT. They need to understand that whoever told them, oh, people don't want it, it's a mistake, you're going to be greeted as liberators, you know, if you'll forgive the, uh, the reference, um, that that was wrong. And there, there's an opportunity now for them to, you know, there's still time for them to fix this, to get those three consortia back to the table and finish that process. What about timing? I mean, this this is another delay. If if, if you're a believer, and clearly you are, that, that this project is, is, is not dead, it's just off the rails or it's hit pause or whatever analogy you want to use here. But this is yet another delay, and and delay, delay, delay just seems to be this. One of the things I'm 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 holding this on council's feet for. I understand I'm, I'm, your anger about the Ford government, and I share that anger too, because they're the ones that ultimately made the announcement. But council kicked this thing down the road for years. I mean, we probably should have been riding on this thing by now instead of simply talking about it. You know, the cheapest time to build this LRT system was ten years ago. The second cheapest time to build it is right now. The longer we wait, the more expensive it gets, and the more opportunity we miss out on. The more new development, the more new investment, uh, the more reshaping of this city to be a prosperous place that attracts people. We're missing out on that. And we're also sending a message to the market that, you know, maybe we're not such a reliable place to invest. I mean, this government talks about being open for business. um, And yet there was a competitive bidding process among three consortia who are experts in, in pricing these things. And they undercut that based on secret government numbers. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you would accuse, you know, some left-wing government of doing. Well, and, and according to Mr. Mancinelli, uh, he's talked to all three of those consortia, by the way, and they're still very interested in this. They have not walked away from the table, but they're not going to wait forever. Sure. And they, they recognize politics is a messy business. You know, I mean, you, you talk about delays, and I agree there's plenty of blame to go around, you know, all down the line for a project that was first announced in 2007, and could have been built in time for the Pan Am Games. You know, and we've missed one deadline, and we, we introduced one stall and one delay and one obstruction after another. Now here we are 12 years later. The way I look at this is this is just the latest in a long string of political delays and, uh, and, and complications that, you know, it's a big project. It's frightening. There's a lot of interest to raid in various different ways around it. It's going to take time to get it done, and we're going to have these kind of bumps along the road. The, the, the fact, and this is, I'm not saying anything brand new to people. I mean, the longer this thing goes on, as you mentioned, the cost is going to go up. And I mean, we saw that with the expressway debate, too. Uh, so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But it, it, at some point, some government is going to have to take this by the reins and simply say, look, I know that not everybody likes this, but it's in the best interest. Let's just get this done. And and I'm, I'm not seeing that. And the, the provincial government is really the one we should be looking to here because they're the ones that have that money on the table. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing to remember about that money, that billion dollars, there is no billion dollars. And Bill, you, you understand this as well as I do. There is no billion dollars sitting in account somewhere waiting for Hamilton. The capital cost was actually going to be financed by the consortium that wins the contract to build it. So when they get that contract, they, they finance, design, build, and operate and maintain the system. And the province pays 
you know, a, uh, a, a, you know, it's like a monthly operating cost to them for 30 years in order to cover all of those costs. You know, and we recover some of that through fair revenue. We recover some of it through new tax assessment on growth and development around the corridor. But it's not like there's a capital cost that is waiting to get spent. In fact, if the government wants to do something, excuse me, other than LRT, they're going to have to come up with that money somewhere. It's going to have to come out of some other budget or through a tax increase or through an increase to the debt. So this idea that, you know, we can get a billion dollars in stocking stuffers, that is not a realistic option. But it was pretty shady bookkeeping to begin with. I mean, when I talked to the minister the day after the announcement, and I said, did you include revenues? Or did the people that did these estimates include revenues? And she said, no. I said, well, how can you cost a project like that then? Well, exactly. And, you know, there's also the fact that they conflated capital and operating costs. These are two separate things. You know, to say it's going to cost $5.5 billion to build LRT, well, that's just wrong. Even if, they're, even if you take the numbers at face value, which I don't, it's it's really, really uh, disingenuous way of presenting the numbers. So the battle is not over as far as you're concerned? Absolutely not, no. This is this is CFL rules. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the, 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 ball, the ball is still in play right until the last second clicks off, and we're not there yet. All right, well, I was at the last CFL game this year, and I was not impressed with the result, and I'm hoping that we can overturn it when it comes to this. And, and again, without overstating this, because I think the arguments have been made on both sides uh, very clearly and for the longest time. I, I, there's nothing new coming into this debate right now. Uh, that that is going to sway anybody one way or another. I think people have pretty much made up their mind. Uh, and clearly, um, the, the government is, is going to have to consider Hamilton's long-term economic future here, not just their bottom line to try to cut costs. And and you and I talked about this the day that Ford announced that he was going to try to find $6 billion in savings out of the Ontario budget. I was worried at that point that he was going to look at this billion dollars right then and there and say, well, there's, there's the first one. And, and there are those people I know that opine that it was a matter of time. This is not of if they were going to do this, but when they were going to do this. But uh, you're absolutely right, though. Public pressure does seem to work out against this government. Sure. And, you know, the one thing that I would say is all we're asking for for Hamilton is to be treated fairly. We want the same kind of treatment that, as the other cities that are getting these kinds of investments. In Mississauga, they had an 18-kilometer LRT line, fairly similar to ours. Um, you know, and when the final bids came in, they had, had budgeted at $1.4 billion. They, the, budget, the, the bids came in a little bit over budget. So Metrolinx removed a wraparound uh, that was going to go around uh, this, the Mississauga City Centre. They removed three stops and they deferred a pedestrian bridge. And so by scaling back the project very slightly, they brought it inside the funding envelope. And they've now signed a 30-year contract and they're going ahead and building it. That's all we're asking for is, is for the same opportunity to let the process work. If the bids come in and they're way above budget, well, then we have to sit down and have that conversation. But we're not there yet. Let's let that competitive bidding process happen. The experts who are building these things will be the best ones to tell us how much it's really going to cost. Well, because that was one of the, 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 the stated points in this whole process, that if it was going to be a cost overrun, and we don't know that and don't know that until the bidding comes um, there was a, a possibility of a modified version of this. And we, you know, that was always on the table, and apparently the, the province seemed to have ignored that. Oh, yeah, it almost seems as though they wanted to bring these numbers in so they could cancel the project before we actually find out what the final numbers are, because I suspect those numbers will come in and they'll look pretty good. Well, uh, as, as much as the, the cancellation of the, the project was maybe the big story locally, and hopefully the reinstatement of it may be the big story of early 2020. We'll see how it goes. Ryan, as always, thank so. you so much for your contribution, uh, and not just for today, but through the whole course of the year as well. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Likewise, Bill. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. You too. Thank you. 
The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.